Welcome to Oregon Rooted. I'm Higher Peaks. And this is Lady Sativa. You're listening to The Dirt Show. Where we bring you Oregon's cannabis culture. Welcome to The Dirt Show, episode 21. I'm Higher Peaks. And I'm Lady Sativa. And uh, we made it. Yes. Uh, again. <laughs> again. After how many takes did we just do? I don't know, but my face hurts still. <laughs> it does. Gosh. <clears throat> so, uh, here we go. We have a good show. We have uh, Laurel James, RN nurse. She is our medical side of things. We I, I And I tell you this in the um, interview, but... We had, I've seen her on Instagram and she's mm-hmm. really active, especially with, with her infographs and, and such. So, uh, I decided to talk with her and see if she would sit down with us and, you know, do a nice little medical talk, yeah. um, on that side of things. So we sat down and had a good hour talk and we had a, got a lot of good information out there. And so we're excited to share that. Um, how are things going with you? They're going good. Yeah, I had a couple dispensary questions for you. What's up? So, do you have a lot of medical people come in and ask you, you know, about specific needs and stuff? Is that common, or is it mostly just rec people? There is a lot of people that come in. It's it's about I don't know. Um, on an average day, you have about thirty percent of the people come in that ask you medical questions like that. Like, hey, what? you know, what sort of topicals. I'm not interested in your flower whatsoever. I would like to know what your topicals are or edibles or, you know, what exactly can help my, my problem. So you don't really have people asking about flower being used as medical? Well, the people that come in that are more interested in the topicals are not smokers. No, no, no. You don't get what I'm saying. I'm saying medical people. I have nausea issues. I need a flower that helps me with nausea. Uh, they know what they want. The, the ones that come in there for flower, they know what they want. Uh, you know, the only brand wise, or yeah, the only the only thing that a lot of people come in and ask for when it comes to the flower, and that's basically everybody is, you know, what's your favorite? What do you um, what do you think I should get? Um, or you know, what I I like to explain the highs. I, I usually go to the sativas. I'm like, right here, are the sativa, sativa dominance, and it goes down from there because <laughs> it makes that it, sounds bad. It does, but if you think about it, it's an indica is the downer, so it goes down from. Oh, there. I see ha, what ha, you mean by ha, that. Ha, ha. I get it. It was entertaining the first time I did it, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> because if you looked at the counter, you would get it. You point down the counter, and it goes down to indica. So down, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Down the counter to Indiga. I mean, <laughs> do you yeah, have to explain a, that to people or do they get it? They get it. Especially when they know the sativa is the me. upper and the indica is the downer. 
So. Oh my gosh, I feel really slow then. Stoner <laughs> logic here, okay. <laughs> What's your other question? Oh no, it wasn't just another question. I was just curious if it, because we're going to talk about you know this interview is all about yeah medical. Yeah, and so I was just curious about now topicals. I can see, I can see. We're a little slim pickings right now, so it's like when it comes to it, we unfortunately have to send a lot of people not away, but you know, ask them to come back for when we do have you know and more uh, supply to show them. Yeah, because we're running low on what we do have, and like we had two different types of sprays that was for um, pain and arthritis. Um, and one of them was just regular strength. The next one was the extra strength and both of them are just gone. And we only have now the lotion of one, one size of lotion. And we even sold out of the big bottle of lotion that we had for it. So people were using that kind of stuff a lot though for medical then? Yeah. Yeah. Did people want concentrates for medical? Not too many. Most of them would, would want the CBD cartridges. Oh, I see. Yeah. Or the, um, which is way more expensive for CBD, yeah, but it is man that that extract is tasty i've tried it one time and it tastes like what extract cbd yes oh all of it i guess tastes the same uh-huh tastes like strawberry um you know the the spray that you or the cherry spray that you spray in your throat mm-hmm. taste almost like that every time wow any different kind that you get too i'm like huh it was pretty tasty. Did it work? Yeah. And well, I I don't really, yeah, it made my pain go away. I only did a small <laughs> one, so. <laughs> Just curious. I don't do it enough to know if, you know, I didn't have pain right then to be like, hey, you know, I got a headache. I want to try this. Well, yeah. And one of the things that we talked about is <clears throat> they're seeing that cannabis is no different than other medications in the sense. And we talk about this, that. Mm-hmm. If you were to go down and get medication for something, you might have to take it once a day or twice a day or three times a day, every day for a week or a month or whatever. Mm-hmm. Cannabis is not this or is the same essentially. So if you just go do it once and say, oh, it cured it. Well, you can't really say that because no. most medications don't work that way. Because what? how do I know that that CBD uh, concentrate won't help my headaches once I have a headache? If I don't have it there all the time, you know, well, or it's in and your that's system, freaking expensive $50 for, I know. yeah, it, unfortunately, because it is, you know, but you got to think about it as CBD it will always be more expensive than THC. And, right. And unfortunately, when people, you know, a lot of people medically want the CBDs, even if it has a little bit of THC in it, and it leads people back to needing to be able to grow their own to be able to afford that maybe right. at some point, right? which it's unfortunate because it's going to be real hard to, to grow your own. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's too bad um, that people can at least provide for themselves when it's so expensive. Like mm-hmm. you talked about your friend that had cancer and she, you know, didn't, uh, she got lucky and had someone donate her yes. stuff, correct? Yes. Um, but otherwise it would have been a long time friend. Ultra yeah. He was a grower and yeah. he made her, her special tincture. All she had to do, like I had said before, is bring the Everclear out. She had to bring out um, a couple bottles of Everclear the whole time she did it. So it was what she lasted almost nine months to a year after she found out she had her cancer. So yeah, she brought out, you know, two or three bottles at the most of Everclear. Uh, yeah. Right. Well, I mean, 
She wasn't a user to begin with anyway. No, she really wasn't. And so, unfortunately, she was smoking. And I mean, it's not a, when we call it a cure, it's not a cure in the sense that it's, you know, we know it doesn't cure every. every. It doesn't cure all. So, um, but thanks for sharing that. I had those questions and I thought I'd share that on the air instead of just asking you. Right. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> you want to do the shout out to the supporters and I'll help you. Sure. We've got Vaporous. Um, pin of choice. Go yeah, ahead. Getvaporous.com. You can enter in uh, for a 25% off with code word rooted at the checkout. Um, That's your first time purchase on anything. Yeah. So. Yeah. And the JPIN Pro is only like 99 bucks. 25% off. That's pretty good. $75 and it's worth it. Yeah. Sorry. Um, And then next is Ancient Herbs at ancientherbsinc.com. Yep. Um, You could enter in the code word organ rooted for a 15% off at checkout. At check. (laughs) You like what I put for you? Yes. At checkout. At checkout. Uh, And that's, you know, I encourage people to at least try the Formula One. Yeah. Even yeah. if you're indoors, I know everybody's not everybody, but a lot of people are indoors. I don't know if it's summertime <laughs> well, anywhere else in Oregon, but it might be summertime somewhere else in the world. Yeah, <laughs> sure than summertime here. <laughs> it it felt like it for a couple this days. This stuff is so tame. Inside is not a problem. So Go at least try the Formula One. Get the you know the weather has to change time. tomorrow. Is you know <laughs> just the sixteenth. <laughs> yep. I'm like, of course the sun has to go away three, four days before. Yep. Check Whatever. out uh Rogue Farmers or Applegate Soils. Yes. For your needs, son. Yep. And Talent Health Club. And for if your you're cannabis. there, there is no reason why you can't stop at THC and get that gram. <laughs> exactly. Especially if you got Jaybird in the house. Yeah. You got any right now? No. Of course not. He's medical. I can't even. We're can't a recreational even, establishment. We cannot have medical so grade. I'm saying I can't Matthew, even do shout outs right now on no. Instagram. Well, we can. Shout out to Jaybird stuff. It's delicious. When you can get it. When you can get your hands on it. Um, there are. We need to figure out exactly what stores he's at so we can do that shout out and send people that way. Does He has product out there then. I do you know? I believe so. He okay. should. All right. Well, we'll figure that out of then. Of course he does. Why wouldn't he not have I product? I thought he was out? in between. Doesn't mean he doesn't still have product out there. <laughs> You're killing me. Sherry. <laughs> All right. That should be it, right? Yeah. That's him. Yeah. So let's go into the two. quick news. All right. Let's go into this news. I did, here's the deal. I do want to, I'm trying to keep it medical because of our interview and we were happy to have this. So I think you've got one about Tommy. Yes. Oh, by the way. He's coming, right? Go ahead. He will be here Friday. In November 19th. In our little old town. Well, not in our town. town. Not in our town. He's in Ashland. That's close enough to our little old town. (laughs) How about our valley? (laughs) Our valley. That's good enough. There we go. Yes, he is. Uh, he will be at Ashland Springs Hotel, I yeah. believe. Yeah. Ashland Inn or whatever. Um, and it only costs like $7,500. It is now. For front it, row it, tickets. It was 150 <laughs> for just regular passes, and it yeah. was 250 for VIP. Now it is 299 for VIP and 199 just for regular tickets Trudy. if you didn't buy them early. Which you can pick those up also at Talon Health Club. Ooh. Um, <clears throat> Got to throw that out there. Everybody, she threw that one in her on me. I didn't even ask for that one. <laughs> All right. Anyways. Now, so, how cheap is that, though? 
two ninety nine. And what? How much does it cost for lap tickets? That is basically lap tickets. VIP I is can lap sit right tickets. on his lap. You can go in and hang out with him afterwards. There is a VIP party. I wonder how many samples he's going to get. I don't know, but you do get to go in and actually hang out with him I if know, you get the you VIP. Can't tell me for a what? couple hours afterwards. Okay. And you can't tell me as a grower, you're not going to be like, yeah, I'm bringing my bachelor something, something for Tom and my throat in his lap. Right. And you can try it out. Right. Be like, hey, <laughs> I got something for you. Okay. Anyways. Sorry. Let's Sorry. get back to the article. Tommy Chong is waiting. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Civilized. Uh, oh, this it, is where it's from. It's civilized and it's by Victoria Decker. Uh, Tommy Chong says cannabis keeps him young and curious. Says cannabis activist, entrepreneur, and counterculture icon Tommy Chung says there's a simple, albeit selfish, reason he's still smoking at age 78. It keeps him young, man. Good job. You have to do it just like that. You do. (laughs) Even though up close, I look ancient from a distance, you couldn't tell if I was 30, 40, or 80, like I'm close to being, Chong said. It's kept me curious. It steered me in a spiritual direction. No, he's just always looked 80. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) He looks good. He does. He does look good. He looks the same as he did when he was doing up in smoke. That's what I meant. He doesn't like always look 80. He just hasn't changed how he's looked. Right. Except for his hair. Right. Uh, marijuana affects that part of our spirit that is internal or that is eternal. Sorry. Civilized caught up with the cannabis folk hero last week in advance of the latest extension to his cannabis line on offer in Arizona, Colorado, California, Montana, Washington, and Oregon. Um, curated by Chong personally, the aptly named Chong's Choice line includes pre-rolls, buds, oil cartridges, and THC-infused breath strips. Oh, snap. I didn't even see that part. That's cool. Only if they were strong enough. Right. Um, the latest offering dropped in Colorado last week. Cookies baked using free-range eggs, all organic ingredients, and a conservative 10-milligram dose of THC. Really? That's it? Um, That's what I'm saying. Like, is it... <laughs> they were- You'd have to eat the whole... Th- Can I right. get 14 packages of that? Can I get all of those, please? Um, it says, they won't put you in a coma, he quipped. Well, he's tried all manner of vapes, dabs, edibles, topicals, and everything in between, Chong is still an old school smoker at heart. He still prefers the taste, smell, and sensation of a of a bong hit best of all. That's my guy. <laughs> I didn't know you liked bongs. <laughs> Me neither. I now was, I do. <laughs> I always thought of him as kind of like a joint guy. I could see him as a bong smoker. Really? Yeah. He's my homie. I guess he smoked a lot of bongs in the movies. Yeah. I don't know. I can't think of him right now. (laughs) (laughs) The movies or if he smoked bongs? If he smoked bongs. I'm like, I know he smoked in the movie, but the only one I can remember is, no, that's my dick. When he was looking for the one and he pulls out the (laughs) giant one yeah yeah anyways that's what i mean the joint <laughs> the giant yeah, yeah. Well, i don't know if you want They're to call that a joint big. that is not a joint that was like a baseball bat a baseball bat it was split. freaking huge um anyways back to the article i've done i've done it all the vaporizer is okay you're at a meeting or in a movie vaporizers are nice he says but there's nothing like a good toke and despite this i can't iconic chronic image chong admits he's a slow and uh, slow and steady two toke guy partly to stretch out his stash but mostly because he's not the type to smoke unless he's tko'd (laughs) haha um i've watched some rappers light a blunt and most of it most of it will burn up in their hand when they're holding it 
I've got a little chong bong and I put a tiny bit in there, take a shot and it's perfect. <laughs> a little chong bong. Those rappers ain't smoking with you then. <laughs> they, Shit. They obviously couldn't keep up then. Um, the two-time cancer survivor has taken his consumption, his consumption seriously over the past four years. After battling and beating prostate cancer in 2012, Chong was subsequently diagnosed with col- colorectal cancer. Yeah, colorectal. In- in 2015, surgery that removed a rectal tumor and rerouted his colon has left Chong with an external, ow, external ostomy pouch, but he doesn't mind. That's what I've learned to do with my life. Whatever's handed to me, I make it work in my favor, he says. There are certain things I can't do, but a lot of things. Is that supposed to be a pun? <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but a lot that I can do. Looking good is my biggest accomplishment. I like it when people look at me and go, Wow. Um, cannabis played a major role in combating the ravaging effects of treatment, he says, crediting the plant with, con- uh, with contributing to his back-to-back recoveries from the disease. He began injecting a solvent-free cannabis essential oil following surgery, a method, he says, was essential for relieving pain and stimulating his appetite. Especially when you get older, it's so much easier to lay there and suffer than it is to want to get up, eat, and enjoy the world. What pot has done for me and a lot of people is give me an appetite. The next thing you know, instead of eating at home, you want to go out. The next thing you know, you're working out. Then you go to the doctor to get diagnosed and you're cancer-free. I'm cancer-free. Right. On the subject of recreational use versus medicinal, Chong uh, uh, opines the two are one and the same. Opines? Woo. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I'm not sure. Nonetheless, what he's saying is basically all use is medical use. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what he said keep, right there. I keep saying that. All use is medicinal, especially at my age, Chong says. It calms the mind. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, how can you, you can even say that as a younger person, not young. Respect. You still need to show respect. Anyways. <laughs> you and, sound like an old smoking. Uh, nobody asked you. I'm going to finish this article now. <laughs> And when it comes to the mind, Chong waxes philosophically philosophical in the way only a nearly 80-year-old stoner can. He believes humanity's sole purpose for being is to learn, and he credits pot as a major contributor to the advancements in art, culture, and technology. He's pondered the power of cannabis for decades, but says he achieved enlightenment in the plant's on the plant's most significant potential during a nine-month stint in federal prison between 2003 and 2004, a period Chong was abstinent from marijuana entirely. And sharing a cell with the infamous Wolf of Wall Street, Jordan Belfort, Chong says while he missed toking up, he didn't feel a compulsion to get high. And though guards and prisoners urged him to smoke, he he refused. Unwilling to risk a lengthier sentence to trip the solitary confinement, to trip or trip to solitary confinement. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Chong opted to explore spirituality. The great thing about pot is you don't need to smoke it. I can't do that with ice cream. And I can do it with pot. He explained detailing his exploration of Catholicism, Judaism, and Native American rituals, namely sweat lodges. <clears throat> it's so hot in there. The only way you can stay in it is to turn your whole being over to the spirit. Just like that. Cannabis puts you in the moment. It will awaken the spiritual side of anybody. (laughs) Today, Chong keeps active, unusually active for a weathered old stoner and two-timed cancer survivor. (laughs) 
The secret to his uh, vitality, doing rather than having, he says, that and having a good time, man. Oh, hold on. Let me read that one more time. That and having a good time, man. (laughs) Um, We're not here forever, so we may as well enjoy it. Yeah. And I think that it was a little long, but I think that's okay. It was a good article because, you know... It was a little walkthrough with with Tommy Chong at the same time. Yeah. And he's got a good perspective on it. Like, it's not... uh, well, just the whole, you know, medical uses. Come on. He's been doing it for how many years and yeah. he's still healthy? He's yeah, beat he's gone twice. through his cancer and And not only did he beat it twice, but he was more comfortable both times. Mhm. Whatever. I mean, what could be more better advocate than Tommy? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I'm just going to finish up with this and we'll get right into the interview. The medical theme here uh, this and also too because we just had Veterans Day. Yes. Oh, that's the article I found. Yeah, you found this. Yeah. I yeah, yeah, that. yeah. And it's a good little one. Yeah, it was. That's why I wanted to do it because we were so close to Veterans Day. Yeah, yeah. So this is perfect time. Veterans <clears throat> Day and medical and you know the whole nine. Mm-hmm. So it says, and this is out of what you get? Dope this magazine. Dope. I like dope. I get them for free now. I work at a dispensary. All I got to do is grab one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So it says a new study federally approved by the Food and Drug Administration and licensed by the Drug Enforcement Administration will allow Arizona and Baltimore researchers to study the effects of medical marijuana on PTSD sufferers. The study will review 76 veterans to determine whether marijuana is an effective treatment. It's the first time that the DEA and the FDA have approved a randomized and controlled study using the actual cannabis plant and not oils or synthetics. I wonder what they mean by oils. I wonder if that means CBDs. Maybe. Uh, If the study is successful, marijuana could eventually be prescribed to anyone with PTSD. That's pretty cool. The study will take place over two years and will require veterans to purchase their marijuana from the National Institute of Drug Abuse. An issue for many veterans is the fact that the cannabis... So, hold on. Yeah. They have to actually buy it from a clinic that they're, they have to sell it out of, in other words? It just, yeah, it says they're So they can't go to the... a dispensary. They have to go to their special place still. Well, yeah, and I'm not trying to sound gray here. <laughs> But if you are smoking cannabis from one place, I doubt that the drug test they give you is going to show that you're getting it from another place, too. Right? Does that make sense? I get it. I know what you're saying. So, <laughs> Hold on. This now, weed now you, that you just smoked came yeah, from this dispensary. Yeah. You can't do that. No. You can't label where you get your drugs. <laughs> they won't. They probably will have this covered under some kind of insurance plan, maybe. Maybe. Hopefully. Oh, that would be cool. So so that would be worthwhile by doing that. But, uh, you know, if if that's the case, then they could get their covered stuff from there. And then if they need extra or if they want whatever, right. I don't right. see why they couldn't go to a dispensary. Well, maybe that's what they're saying is that yeah, you have to go to this certain place to get what we supply you. And if you want more, that's you have still to good, go though. take I care mean, of yourself. Yeah. It's a, it's a good step. An issue for many veterans is the fact that the cannabis used in the study will be low in THC and, of course, higher in CBD, up to 10%, compared to what is commonly available in dispensaries, up to 20 or 30%. Skewered results. Another issue is the fact that smoking using the Fulton Puff procedure, I have to find out what that is, 
will be the only way that veterans will be allowed to consume their medication, but it's still a step in the right direction. Veterans will be allowed to smoke 1.8 grams or two joints a day. Wow. Hope you ain't smoking beforehand. Two joints a day. What is that going to do? And will be required to journal their experience. And to assure the study meets academic requirements, participants will be randomly assigned two of four different strains of marijuana. A high THC strain, or at least maybe a higher and a high CBD strain, a strain that equals parts THC and CBD, equal parts, I should say, and a placebo. There's no doubt that the study is a positive step for veterans everywhere, and the hope is that researchers will witness the same results that countless cannabis users already have. It's impossible to keep track of the number of people that have introduced to cannabis, Don says, that he says he's introduced, sorry. I've seen a, um, I've seen cannabis save lives, marriages, jobs, and impact every facet of life. The government must realize that marijuana is not a narcotic, but a medicine that is beneficial in so many ways. If you have a cannabis story to share, blah. Oh, sorry, they got me. No, so um, sorry, I'm trying to find. What did you say it was? Fulton. Fulton Puff procedure. Yeah, that's to keep it academic. That's what they're using. Anyway, this is a good news. Okay. And even at two, here's the deal. Even talking to the nurse that we, uh, Laurel, uh, she even says, just as long as you keep it in your system. So maybe if you smoke half a joint in the morning, half a joint in the afternoon, or no, late morning, half a joint in the afternoon, and maybe one half a joint for the evening. I don't know. Right. Sorry. As I say, go I ahead. I was looking this up for you. <clears throat> the Fulton Puff procedure is which is to inhale for five seconds, hold it in for 10, and then exhale and repeat the cycle every... I can't find the rest of it. Um, and of course it's going to lead me all the way through this. Hold it in for 10 and then exhale and repeat the cycle every 45 seconds to standardize the exposure to the marijuana smoke. Interesting. I never knew that. So repeat that again. Let's... Okay. Okay. So altogether, this is quoted by Dr. Abrams, says, we observe them smoking the cigarette and instruct them in the so-called Fulton Puff procedure, which is to inhale for five seconds. Okay, sorry. It said cigarette. This does not have to do with marijuana, but this is what the Fulton Puff procedure is. Right. Well, that's what they're going to use here. Yes, yeah. that is what they're going to use. Five second but, puff? But this Holy is for a cigarette. It, this is actually quoted for a cigarette by this doctor. Uh, okay. But this is what the Fulton Puff, puff procedure yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Um, it says, which is to inhale for five seconds, hold it in for 10, and then exhale and repeat the cycle every 45 seconds to standardize the exposure to the marijuana smoke, which is funny because it said marijuana smoke and it said cigarette. Well, maybe they refer to a joint as a cigarette. Maybe. Oh, but it says marijuana cigarette a day. Yeah. One so marijuana they're cigarette. Yeah. Okay. yeah they're, that's what they're referring to it as. Yeah. Five seconds. Man, it. I can take... I could hold it in for five seconds. No, no your 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 intake. Your your that was not five seconds. <laughs> no, and I'll tell you, you could go I'd like have to go slow. You can go, and you're good. Yeah, <laughs> that was that's like two seconds. How how low grade was their stuff? <laughs> is that a pinner I'm smoking on? I mean, right? Five how big seconds? is this? <laughs> I mean, are you like <laughs> <laughs> just like that the whole time? <laughs> Um, oh my gosh okay and then back to the percentage of thc that you were asking me by the way yeah go for it oh for cbds yes somebody came in and said that they had been quoted that there were that their 
they had been quoted by a dispensary that that dispensary was selling 60% THC in percent. I and see. in our in our building, it's I think the highest we got is 23 or 24 with the Dutch treat. Okay. Yes. and But that's the highest that you can find in the building. But, you know, there could be easy miscommunication there. And he could yeah. have been talking well, about the whole um, CBD extract. Yeah. And well, and he said, no, the guy said it was flour. The guy said it was flour. He was really adamant. And so what was funny is the guy that was with him was just kind of laughing, just walking back and forth. Like he knew, he knew that the guy had been bullshitted. <laughs> so he was just walking with him just behind him. Whatever. It was, it was entertaining, but I looked it up for him just to give him some facts. And so I'm just like, here you go. Here's what the actual facts are. Here's what the highest is even. And he's just like, oh, good to know. So what, you're just talking on your computer there. You're like, hold on, let me Google this. Oh no, I went straight to Leafly and looked it up. <laughs> was on it <laughs> well because i was curious i'm like no there's 60 percent really ridiculously high for thc yeah that seems like a low for sorry for flour concentrate thc than after that i'm like oh i shouldn't have started this <laughs> what rabbit hole did you just jump <laughs> exactly down? i'm and i just wanted to prove a point that it was there is not something that high not really prove my point but prove a point that this guy was being lied to <laughs> Yeah, it's easy to get down rabbit holes with people if you help them too Exactly. <laughs> All right, well, so we he will... didn't even buy anything, by the way. That hurts worse. Right, his friend did, but he didn't. <laughs> How much? Only, well, he only, he bought three grams, but he comes in often, so it's all right. What age group are they in? He, I went to school with the one guy, he's mm. like three years older than me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Tell him to look it up on his own damn self then. No, no. The one that was asking me questions was not. He's the oh. one that was walking behind him kind of oh, giggling to himself because this is like his uncle or his dad that's in there asking me all these questions. And he's just like <clears throat> walking back and forth listening to his questions. It was it was entertaining. Nice. And he was like looking at me like, good, look it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, see, you should have told us that story at the first of the... Sorry. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, with uh, no further ado, if you will, we will uh, move into our interview with Laurel James, RN. Absolutely. And, she, you know, she plugs her Instagram and stuff, but you can find her at, at Laurel James, R, um, Laurel James RN. So here she is. We had a great interview and uh, there's a lot of good information. All right, this is Higher Peaks, and I'm here with Laurel James, RN. She is a nurse that has been in the medical field for quite a few years, and she's also pretty much a professional in the cannabis field. Laurel, welcome to the show. I appreciate you being here. Oh, thanks for having me, Craig. Um, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, and we've been watching you on Instagram. We have noticed that you are quite the professional. You've got uh, quite a bit of information that you've been sharing, you've got some graphs and stuff. I mean, there's a lot of good information you've been sharing. So if you could, could you start from the beginning and kind of tell us a little bit about your past and kind of how you've got into cannabis and, and now that you're in, uh, well, that you've been an RN and you have all this uh, medical information to share, uh, kind of tell us how it led you there and, and talk about uh, and what's going on. Okay, great. Um, so, yeah, so I have um, 20 years of uh, nurse experience and uh, over 30 years of, you know, cannabis use here and there. And um, so one of the reasons why I decided to be 
because this was I worked in the ICU for a long time, and I saw the effects of the opiates, um, what it did to people, and um, knowing that um, sometimes that's what killed people. Um, and I realized that there was a big issue. So, I mean, I um, obviously that was years ago. Cannabis wasn't even close to being legal, but um, I was, got my pain management certification so I could at least help with opiates. And me. I learned a lot about them. And uh, so... After I left, I decided to um, branch out on my own, and because I'd been around dispensaries, because I'm a medical cannabis caregiver for a friend of mine, um, and have been for about 10 years, and so I was trying to get strains so I, for him, and I um, went to all the dispensaries, I got to know people, did a lot of asking questions and things, and realized um, there's a lot of good information, but there was any, wasn't any real medical information out there that um, people could grow, fall back on. And then, and, you know, when I'm in the dispensaries, you notice that most people are, you know, older people. Um, they're there because they feel like they have no choice because they can't do the med- medications anymore. But they walk in kind of blind um, and just completely overwhelmed with everything. So um, I realized that, you know, maybe then there was a call for a nurse involved in it to kind of help, you know, situate things for people and do education. Um, and then when I started researching that, I realized a lot of dispensaries back east um, have nurses and doctors involved and pharmacists. So it's not really a new concept, but pretty new out here on the West Coast, especially Oregon. Um, so anyway, I decided I'm going to start my own business and start doing patient consults and education. I, you know, I wasn't sure where everything was going to go. Um, so I started locally and, um, you know, I, I started to be able to find that people was able to help them. Luckily, most of the dispensaries are pretty supportive. Um, that because I knew everybody. Um, and then just like any place, you know, some of the people in the dispensaries are really, um, interested in education and they really want to learn. And then on the other hand, there's some that, that don't, you know, aren't really interested in the education. But I know I've learned more about cannabis in the last two years than I've learned about cannabis in 30 years, you know. And it's amazing what I've learned from the dispensaries and growers. And that. so I realized we need to be working, like, together. So I just, you know, started a business and um, decided I had been searching for a tool a kind of a teaching tool, and I'd searched for months online, and I couldn't find any real infographic that had everything that really um, I thought that should be on there, you know, routes, dosages, things like that. Um, so I pulled blood tenders for, for months, too, and went to their meetings and got all the information that they thought people asked about that should be on this poster, and then I spent several months researching it. So, um, and so it's, it's actually, um, been quite a nice tool and it's been, it's in like all the local dispensaries here in Corvallis and several in Eugene and Albany and and all over the country actually. So, um, um, and it's appreciated because people can read it and it's completely clear to find your route, those that have safety information, you know, even things to do when you feel like you've gotten 
too much cannabis or too much THC. Um, yeah, so that's kind of where I started, and then um, now I'm teaching classes and and doing that kind of thing. So and trying to educate the medical community as well. Narcotics in and of themselves slow down your heart rate and your respiratory system, correct? Yes. Yes, and that's usually the the dangerous part of narcotics, correct? Is that you either stop breathing it, or your heart stops, correct? It is. It, and unfortunately, not every there's a lot of medical professionals that don't realize that cannabis can't um, touch your respiratory drive. Correct. You know, we don't have enough receptors back there. So, um, and that's what is frustrating to me to hear people that they try to talk to their doctors, and their doctors just give them these answers that just like you should. You really, you know, encourage them to get some education because cannabis isn't going away. Correct. It's going to be there, and their patients are wanting it. So, and you know, some of these there's you know there's people that have been using it for years, and they're going to use it. But the majority of people only start using it because it's legal now, and you know, and but they're so afraid of upsetting their doctors, you know, they're afraid of them, and uh, or losing a doctor, you know, because sometimes they'll tell them, no, nope, you can't be my patient. So, a lot of it is the education of, of that whole thing. Um, because opiates, I, you know, I can see it. I was in ICU for over like 15 years and I saw people die from alcohol and opiates a lot. And um, sometimes it was just the, the use of your normal pain medication that the doctors prescribed. It's not anything the patients have done. It's not their fault they're taking the opiates. You know, so they're saying, they say it will help. They'll take them. Next thing you know, they're their bodies, you know, are used to them, um, but these, you know, older people will use them, and then they'll get sick and, like, dehydrated and throw up, and so what happens is their kidneys um, back up and and everything in their liver, and so the, the opiates don't clear, and so that's when they overdose, and, and then they'll throw them in the ICU if they don't die, and they put them on a ventilator and take immediately take away everything, right, and not even give them anything to manage their withdrawal. So then you have a a scared older person on a ventilator tied down wow. awake without medications. I and mean, that's one of the reasons why I thought, oh, that's awful. Why do we do this to people? So um, and cannabis could be used in that ho- in a hospital setting, you know, at some point if they ever. It won't happen in my lifetime, but um, it's a much safer, you know, IV medication because they can't stop the breathing. So, well, and not only that, but let's—I mean, let's look at this realistically. If if you look at—I mean, any time that I've had to stop consuming cannabis in any form, I've never went through any side effects that would affect me. Like I might get a little grumpy, or I mean, there's changes when you change anything in your life. But, you know, I've noticed that like separate from alcohol, I've, I've had my own problems with alcohol. It's different. It's not the same. You're not physically withdrawing. You're not going through things that would affect you, you know, in other things. Uh, But you still get the relief when you can. So, Mm -hmm. and I think that what you're saying too is important because a lot of people these days that need the help are older generations that have been under this false information with reefer madness. Oh, yeah. 
you know, and it's like, they're just deathly afraid. Like they might die or go to hell if they might try this medicine, which is unfortunate because it might be the one medicine that actually changes their life. So it's true. Um, yeah, I've been um, lucky enough to be able to start speaking for senior groups and different groups and they're hungry for the information. I've taught uh, a few talks and classes over at the coast in the last couple of weeks. And I've had the same people go to every single one because they're so, uh, they want to learn so much, you know, and they just, they just don't know, you know, so, um, plus the politics of their physicians and things like that. So, but they're hungry for the information because they're the ones that have, you know, they can't do the side effects anymore. The medications just don't work. No, and I think that most side effects from cannabis is fairly, it's nice, like the side effect of eating more food when you got cancer, Mm -hmm. you know, having the ability to eat more food. You know, I I, I think people discount the fact that uh, when you have cancer or epilepsy or any of these diseases, there are certain things you need that would help compensate for other side effects. So cancer, you don't eat. Okay, Mm -hmm. well, if I can eat, I can keep my nutrition up. I can actually fight the cancer better that way. Um, yes. I mean, any, any anything that works in the brain at all, you know, because of the way cannabis works in our brains and it kind of fine tunes everything and just slows it down. So, um, anytime you have, you have the seizures, it's just going to slow down that mechanism. Right. If you have, um, anxiety or OCD, it'll help you concentrate and relax a little. You know, it's just, um, yeah, it's an amazing medicine. It's, it, and I'm just, you know, I thought I would be kind of bored um, with this, doing this, and I thought it would be boring. But um, the more I learned, and I have, I took a physician cannabinoid course, so um, I have a, a certification for a curriculum for that. And so that was, made me realize that there was so much more to it than I knew about how it works in your body. Um, because the one thing about working in an ICU is you, you know, you take care of open heart surgeries. You see the body after a while, how it works cellularly, you know, how the heart, you're thinking when you're looking at somebody and you're looking at the color, you're thinking about how their heart's beating or how it's pushing against these really hard, stiff vessels. So when I saw how cannabis affected the brain, it was just, you know, it's amazing to see how it can help, you know, I mean, a lot of people have seen all the, the videos, you know, the, the epileptic patient, you know, yeah. using a vaporizer, taking some tincture, and half an hour later, how they feel. You know, there's so many things like that out there. And real research, too. There's a ton of real valid research studies on, on how CBD works, you know, for seizures and, you know, how they actually use a THCA for seizures in places where they can't get CBD. So, um, yeah, it's an amazing, it's amazing what it can do. Well, let's address this real quick. Now, I know that you're pretty smart when it comes to the endocannabinoid system. Forgive me, I keep trying to pronounce that correctly. But uh, the ECS system, now that's been a big conversation in the last year or so with cannabis, what we've seen is that this is a legitimate system. And Mm -hmm. yeah, and what we found, or at least what I've been told is that over the years, we've kind of depleted 
this system because of regulation and propaganda and whatnot and, you know, chemistry and all this other BS. We've kind of eliminated a lot of those cannabinoids that would otherwise get into the cows and chickens and feed and grass, Mm -hmm. you know, and so now we got to the point where now when we actually consume cannabis, which is full of cannabinoids, we're actually getting healthier in a plethora of ways and wondering why cannabis is this miracle, not I want to say miracle drug, but at least it's addressing lots of concerns. And a lot of that, mm-hmm. I mean, in I w- would like you to elaborate with this is, do you think that's the ECS system getting back in alignment? Well, it's, so yeah, it's a deficit. I mean, if your body, you know, it's pretty, it's, it's over and over. It's looking like anybody in a chronic stress and illness situation um, has a deficit. You know, there's, there's studies after study that there's receptors there, you know, waiting for our endocannabinoids and they're just not cutting it. You know, it's just like, a if a patient needs, you know, um, like artificial, to go in the hospital for something and they have like a, a sepsis infection, they don't really have a blood pressure or heart rate because their dopamine system is just not working. So we give them artificial dopamine until things, you know, turn around with antibiotics and fluid and whatnot until it kicks back in. And I kind of think a cannabis is the same way. If you're not getting it, um, your body's in that chronic stress. It works on the dopamine system as well. So it, that's one of the reasons how it helps with a lot of tremors and things like that. So um, if you're not getting what you need, um, it, it makes sense. And that's why with, with people are so concerned about the side effects of like the paranoia or the high. And really, if you use it medically, um, you don't really need to get high at all, you know, because you don't need that much of the THC really to um, activate things and to get things going, you know, to help heal. So you don't, that's one thing that I realize is that you don't have to be high. You know, people can have normal lives and work every day and things like that and not worry about being impaired like they would be if they were taking their other opiates or whatever pills they were taking. So um, I, I, you know, I tend to agree with that theory of us not having the cannabinoids that our bodies used to for so many years. The only thing is, you know, people did die earlier back then, so that's the only, you know, <laughs> that's one of the things where it's like, <laughs> why well, we know for positive. Yeah. Um, but it's, it makes sense because I myself um, have noticed how cannabis has, with just taking oil and juicing leaves, has changed my it changed my life completely health-wise, but it feels like it's making me healthier and calmer and more even-keeled, you know. So um, I I notice the health benefits, and it's amazing. So that's another reason why I try, I'm trying to get out there and educate people. I've got stomach issues. I've got intestinal issues. And I'll tell you what, I the only reason I'm able to function is because of a couple small hits of some concentrate in the morning and I'm not afraid mm-hmm. to I'm not afraid to admit that or I could go I could go through a day of Prilosec uh, or I could just sit down take a couple hits and you know move my day on yep. now I understand that completely um 
that's when, you know, people wake up in the morning and they're not feeling good. That's when you're stiffest and sorest and, you know, so um, it makes sense to medicate in the morning. You know, yeah. it really does. Well, even at night, I mean, just to be able to medicate oh, yeah. accordingly. I mean, every time we talk about using cannabis, people think we're getting high. Well, I think you have an answer to that, and that is you can use it like a medicine, correct? Exactly. I mean, and it's, and it should be used like a medicine. Not only do you, you know, when I teach classes, I'm like, okay, look, we're going to separate it because it's not a, you know, it can be a drug, but anything can be abused. But That's what I mean. You can take alcohol, uh, Vicodin, morphine. You can take all that yep. and make it a drug, or you can make it therapeutic if you treat it accordingly, correct? Exactly. And that's the problem with all those other substances is they don't have any real therapeutic properties. I mean, Vicodin just goes to your brain and shuts off a little thing in your brain that says pain. It doesn't go to the site of the actual pain, right, right. and help it. So at least cannabis is anti-inflammatory and, you know, it will help actually go to the site and heal the site. So we're, you know, where the pain is. The problem is with people, you know, like my care person, you have to take it when I say like a medicine, you also have to take it like a medicine, like every day, like three times a day or twice a day or however your body can handle it to keep that medication, you know, and usually orally or somehow ingesting, it's going to keep your blood levels a little more therapeutic. So, so your pain will be more under control and things like that. And also, you know, usually that's, you don't feel the effects as much. It's not up and down. I mean, I think for like for migraines and for like Parkinson's and um, anxiety and, and actually dizziness is another reason to vaporize. There's a lot of good reasons to, but I still encourage people to have some, try to keep some cannabis in their body um, and keep it like a medicine. I've had people say, well, I tried that. It didn't work. And I'm like, well, did you try it every day for a couple of days? days you know or to just try it once and right or um, maybe micro dosing i don't know if you've mentioned that yeah that's exactly what i i teach exactly micro yeah exactly yeah because my main goal is no side effects that the patients don't want because that's just going to make them not want to try it that's exactly it my keeping a little in your body and um, and just thinking of it that way and uh, there are different ways to take routes and stuff that you, you know topicals people don't give topicals enough credit but but it also takes time I'm like personally for me I've got several really bad back injuries and uh, spinal cord and neck injuries and I've had some bad issues in the past and cannabis has helped me get off of like six medications but what I noticed right away when I took started taking oral at night is that I felt better sleeping and whatnot um but I didn't notice it was more subtle, like all of a sudden, a few months later, I just completely cleaned my whole house, and I hadn't done that in like four years. I mean, that's kind of how my lifestyle was completely, right? At all, completely debilitated, but you have to give it time. You have to give it some time to work, because the more you take it in that kind of form, it goes in, you know, when anytime you take something orally, it's going to work better in the long run, but when it comes to something short, you know, like they use, you know, vaporize for asthma or things like that to try to stop an attack. You know, that's an excellent way to do it too. So you really want to have a couple options available. Well, and that's a really good point. We're able to actually provide ourselves with medicine that works. 
um, whether it's, you know, being a upset stomach or whatever, usually an edible, if you know your dosage, I've noticed mm-hmm. that an edible is a very good uh, medicine. I can take it for yes. back pain. I can take it for anxiety. I can take it for all kinds of things and not get high as long as I'm taking the dosage I need and then waiting. You just got to have patience. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and you, yeah, and it just takes a little bit, you know. Well, yeah, and that's the thing is, I, I know what you're coming from is, you know, keep that in your system so you keep that going so you don't have that lag time, mm-hmm. and and you don't have to be high. You can actually benefit from total medicinal properties without venturing into the other side, which is not that bad. I mean, God forbid you might get high for ten minutes. While you enjoy your life, yeah. I'm not sure a couple minutes of happiness might hurt you. <laughs> yeah, and, and I get both ways because I have some, you know, most of my patients are, you know, at 60 at least and above. And some are like, well, I don't care. I'm, I'm old enough. I don't care if I'm high once in a while. But some are just scared to death of it. They're like, I tried to got paranoid once and I'll never do that. And so they're, they're so afraid of that. Um, but that's why I, I just, you know, it's, it's right. It's having the right dose and route that's going to work for them. I mean, if they, I try to get everyone to juice the leaves because then they don't have to worry about the psychoactive effects. They can get a lot more medicine. It's not so easy unless you, you know, have, you're growing your own leaves or have access to leaves because, you know, they're great fresh. They don't last frozen very long. So you really want to use them while you, you know, when you have them, but that's really not it. Even though I think, oh yeah. I can grow plants. I'm in Oregon. A lot of people, just because we're in Oregon, doesn't mean they they can grow their own plants, you know. And they get overwhelmed with that thought of that. But there's, you know, and like there's topicals, and you can take a suppository if you're worried about, um, you know, getting high. Because you can take a lot more that way. But you know, and actually for some ailments, suppositories is preferred. You know, for like liver cancer, prostate cancer, um, because it just goes right to the liver and goes into the bloodstream so it can work that way. I mean, do they change when it comes to the delivery system as far as how it affects you? I mean, so they've gotten it down to a patch and a pill, right? Yeah, they have a patch pill, yeah. I mean, and, and um, I make, I encourage people to make their own medicine because now that dispensaries are, un- and yeah. it's not, you know, entirely their fault that they're outpricing, the, you know, everything. It's, you know, just the, all of the the issues that we're having with the really i think it's just a matter of how we treat the medicine i mean mm-hmm. yeah and so the dangerous part really isn't the propaganda or what people tell us it just it's about controlling the dosage making it work for people providing it in a way that makes people heal versus just a hodgepodge of smoke cannabis and if you don't you know, be afraid. I mean, there's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mike, it doesn't always work smoking it uh, for everything. In my person, I take care of, um, in Springfield, he's, he's been smoking pot, I've known him for over 30 years and he's been, that's all he wants to do is be high all the time. And he's in his eighties, but he still would never stop complaining about his leg pain. Cause he has neuropathy and, and I would try all these strains for him, you know, when they I came out with all the CBD strains and nothing helped. And finally I was like, I don't know why 
in my mind, I'm like, I don't know why you're not just giving them oil. So I started making them pills, sativa and indica oil, and putting them in his pill box. And he stopped complaining about it. You know, it just, <laughs> you could tell it really made a difference. And so nice. that dawned on me, like, you have to, you know, a lot of it's experience, too, you know, of working with people and seeing how things work. Um, you know, so, so some people are like, well, I smoke all the time. And, and now I have patients that never smoke it anymore. So they, because they don't, you know, they really just wanted to release and they don't need to smoke it anymore and it works better. You know, just keeping that steady stream in your body. Um, and it helps, you know, I think over time when you take a good form of it, it helps with your cells, you know, it helps rebuild your cells. And I, I really think, uh, it's, it's people are healthier. It seems like <laughs> you know they're not not they know people that use cannabis for medication. You know, look much healthier than people that are you know taking a bunch of pharmaceuticals or so many people drink for to self medicate because it's legal. You know, so um, that's a real problem. Way more people drink than you we know, and I you would notice that when I worked in ICU, and people would suddenly go into withdrawal all the time because they wouldn't, you know, they'd have a drink or two at night and not realize that their body was completely, you know, needed it. You know, the once that's the pro, that's the thing. It's a physical, um, physical, not not always addiction so much, but it's just physically needed in our body and our body withdraws without it where and cannabis doesn't seem to have those physical effects like that you know a lot of them you know maybe you know this effect you have a lot of them are they're transient they don't affect your vital signs they're not putting you in the hospital you know um that kind of thing um, it's, it just seems like such a safer alternative to what's out there and that's What's sad is because the medical community, for the most part, you know, they, I, I guess I never knew, like, I spent 20 years as a nurse and didn't even know what it, what it was an endocannabinoid system. And I'm like, well, now that I know it maintains our body's homeostasis and it really keeps our body regulated more than anything else, I'm like, how did I work so many years without knowing that? And so you have to, that our medical of the information unless they go seek it themselves because it's not encouraged in school and I think one university is finally starting a somewhat you know actual program not a program but enough of you know a few classes that actually talks about the medical part of it because the younger doctors and people every day these doctors are getting asked you know about cannabis and most of the doctors don't really know the answers up until recently, there's never been the ability for states to to trial and experiment and do things uh, that would prove mm-hmm. that cannabis is worthy. And now we're just getting to that point, and now we're showing finally that all these studies are coming back positive. And I think what you're touching on is studies that are come out in the future. We've got stuff mm-hmm. that will show that you know, I mean, epilepsy and, and heart problems and uh, diabetes even, regulating blood sugar. You know, I mean, it's one thing to smoke it. It's one thing to eat it. But if we can break it down and, and use it and, if you will, I guess, um, exploit it for what it really is, 
I mean, there's probably a lot more there than we, we know now. And so what we found, though, is that it's working really good for a lot of different things, dosage controlled, mm-hmm. um, even if it's not dosage controlled, even if people accidentally get high, it's still helping people. No, I understand because that's, yeah, you know, it's not going to kill them. Uh, you know, the the side effects of cannabis can, you know, be scary. A lot of it's because the cannabis of today is so much stronger and so diverse. And 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 I and one thing that has happened in Oregon, and, and I'm sure, and this is my concern with the four states that have just become recreational, is even though we've had medical marijuana for years and years, it doesn't matter. People wouldn't until it became legal they wouldn't even consider it you know because they're not going to get a card anyway privacy money or whatnot um and so so because can so people are what is happening is these elderly people are trying cannabis somebody gives them something that they've made or they buy something in a dispensary and they're ending up in the er because they freak out when they get high they don't really know that it's going to go away you know they just think something's wrong with them so um, that's one reason why I worry. I, that's one reason why I do what I'm trying to do and do classes and do talks for people is because I want them to realize that it is safe. Even if you, you know, have a bad reaction and you're paranoid or anxious or whatever happens, it's going to go away. But the concern I have is that some people will never want to feel that again. So that completely stops their, they won't try cannabis at all, you know. So that's one reason why I try to do what I do just to, you know, encourage people that um, if you don't have a bad reaction, then um, you're going to more likely get to use it. So, um, because it, these, uh, you know, I've had friends going to dispensaries and some, you know, never had THC, you know, here you have a 60 milligram THC tab and it's like, what? You know, if you're, if you're elderly and you haven't ever had cannabis, you should have maybe two milligrams of THC. I mean, that's, that's the whole you know, you don't need that much. You know, some kid or someone that's used to it can can eat a 60-milligram tablet and, and be totally fine, but not an elderly person that's not used to it. So um, it's just finding, or, you know, trying to educate them that they can take it safely and and there's value to it. Cannabis is so adaptive. We can smoke it. We can eat it. We can... You know, I mean, there's so many ways mm-hmm. we can take this medicine and consume it, but you have to have respect for that. You can't say, mm-hmm. okay, well, I can smoke this much, but I can eat a ton of this, or I can eat a ton mm-hmm. of this, and I can't. I mean, you have to have, and and you also got to know a little bit about chemistry. When you when you carboxylate THC, it goes from THCA, it changes into something very psychoactive, and so that's not bad. It's just that we need to have more understanding of what this medicine does. And no matter what, we're not going to die. And that's the best part. Well, yeah. one one of the things I put on my poster is, um, and I don't know if you guys are aware of the things that can take your high away, like pretty quickly, like you could chug some orange juice, um, yes. turmeric, you know. What about CBDs? Or, can you... Um, well, CBD, but I meant if you wanted to just stop your high um you could just drink some orange juice that really? really works the fastest wow um or black pepper you can sniff it but turmeric turmeric's pretty interesting because a lot of people just keep that like a herb and um and because 
it's it re- it actually replaces the cannabis on the same receptors. They work on the same receptors, so it's great if you want to stop getting high. But some people will will take turmeric for a um, actual just for a supplement, and then um, then their cannabis may not work as well. So, right, so they're not getting the benefit but, of their medicine, so to speak. Exactly. So, but so orange juice, I'm not sure how it works on exactly on the receptors, but. Um, I've, I've heard it from many people. <laughs> so they'll look at my poster and they're like, yep, that orange juice, it really works. And I'm like, wow, great. So um, anyway, so it's just, yeah, it's just telling people if, not, if they do get high, they won't die and it's okay. You know, I just, my goal is to try to prevent a lot of that for people that are new. So that way yeah. they, don't, they don't have that bad reaction. And and then, you know, the, the more positive it is, the better it is with their physicians because they all need their doctors, they you know they ha- they can't lose their doctors. There's not a whole bunch of them, especially you know around here. Um, and now, if you take any opiates, you pretty much can't get a doctor anywhere. Yeah. So, and that's ridiculous. So, if you already take opiates and you have a doctor, you're not going to lose it. Um, so it's you know it's just trying to get them if they feel if patients feel better, um, your doctors will learn. Um, if, like with me, I, you know, I didn't have my job at the hospital and I told my doctor, I was on several muscle relaxers and just a bunch of medications. And I was like, I'm going to be a cannabis nurse and I'm taking oil, you know, and he was just started with this. <laughs> you could tell enough about the endocannabinoid system yeah. that he didn't know enough. And I'm like, you don't know enough. I'm telling you, I'm like, you just, you just wait. I said, <laughs> there's so much research out there. And then like, I'd go see him to get an adjustment or something. And like slowly over time, I was off over six medicines, like blood pressure medicine and everything. And he's, and now he's like, I don't think he advocates cannabis, but he certainly has given my name out a couple times because he knows that he realizes he doesn't know enough. Just my neurologist, she's like, I know nothing about it, you know, and it would be nice if doctors would be, I know nothing about it, but, you know, I don't, I I won't, you know, it's fine if you take it, but <laughs> I can't direct you, but if yeah. the doctors tell them you're going to be depressed. Well, and it's like, yeah. No, not unless you just smoke pot all day long, you know, I mean, <laughs> in an indica or something, you know, there's, Sure, you can get depressed, but people get used to their opiates too, and they can take them. And and uh, one of the reasons why I got my pain certification is because I couldn't understand. I have a family member who's who was taking a lot of high dose pain medication, and was that was how she lived, and that was you know that was how she drove her kids around and did everything. And I'm like, what? You know? And then I learned, and I'm like, well, it's pretty normal. You know, um, you certainly can abuse them. But the problem with opiates is you always have to increase the dose after time because they just don't work. You know, they they don't they don't work as well. They just they stop working after a certain amount of time, and not even people don't even realize that that's because you need you need to increase the dose because that's how your body works with opiates. There's no they call it a ceiling, like a, a therapeutic ceiling. Like you could. I mean, if you're used to an opiate, you can just take tons of it if you're on a ventilator, you know. If you can't stop breathing, it's hard to get to die from it, you know, it will lower your, lower your blood pressure. That's stuff. scary but, that uh, they think that, though. Can- that's that's scary. Is, cannabis is different. It works, you know, it, it's, you only need a little bit when it works on the cells, you know, and you don't need to increase the dose. I mean, people might get tolerant to the high, 
But the pain management is usually doesn't usually change. There's studies where they show people that take a lot of um, high dose pain medication, and they show them vaporizing like real low dose cannabis, like one to three percent over like a week, and they all got a little bit high in the beginning. But, and, but their pain control was great. But by the end of the week, nobody was high at all. But they still had really good pain control. So that's why you, one reason why you don't really need to get high because the therapeutic threshold is much lower than the getting high threshold usually, you know, because we don't need very much on our body. You know, it, like you can go down on your dosages usually after a while. You don't need to keep going up. And that's one thing I... It's completely opposite from most other medications. With opiates, there's for a while, you know, you take it and it just doesn't work anymore. And if you don't take more, you're going to always, you're going to be in pain. And it's just because our, the way they work, they have those, um, it's not addiction, it's more like, um, uh, I can't remember the word of it, but it's just your, it's, it's just your addiction is where you're craving those. Deal, you'll do all these things, you know, that you probably shouldn't do to get the medication that your body's wanting. But um, these people, a lot of times, just can't help it because their bodies they crave it, you know. And and the other thing that's sad is when they, these poor people that are stuck on these opiates um, get stuck in the hospital. And besides that, they cut them down or take them off. Is they get treated pretty, you know. A lot of people get treated. Um, like they're drug seekers or, you know, bad people. And it's it's like, it's not their fault. They, who gave them the pills to begin with? Usually, it's usually the doctors. The doctors don't, you know, and it's maybe not their fault either. But they don't tell them, oh, and it's like a month or two, you don't going to work anymore. Um, if you keep taking the same amount, you're going to need to take more. You know, they don't tell them that. They don't tell them that their body isn't. Is um, going to crave them, so they don't even know. People will just stop taking them and go withdrawal because they have no idea. You know, people they don't tell people in that surgery you're going to take these opiates and then you need to wean yourself off. They they don't. They just I've had patients a year or so after surgery still on their pain pills because they don't to get off of them. You know, that's just it's kind of silly. You know, and um, that's well, why people like. Oh, I do. I use medical research, and I always have the back with me. Like if I do a consult or a class, I always have all the references, and so that way, if I get a medical person coming, that's like, ah, that's not true. I'm like, well, look, here's your PubMed study, and there, you know, these are valid studies that the medical community respects. So there you go. You know, they may not be on people, but there are small studies on almost every single ailment on people, you know, in different countries. It might only be 10 people, but it's still it's still a start, you know. It's just as if you have to find them. And I have had doctors when their patients give them their research and stuff, go, oh, 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 I didn't know that. You know, like I've had them write the medical cards across off the, the drug testing on the pain contract. Um, that's another issue I have with like you know, happens in the medical community with how they, you know, not only give patients where they're stuck on opiates, then they make them feel um, completely um, indignant and like drug addicts every month when they have to go in and take a drug test, you know. People go in the doctor and they're looking like they're eating and dressing and taking a shower. Who cares what they're doing? 
you know, I've met with the Samaritan around here and other really trying to like encourage them to get education and try to talk to them about their, you know, policies and there's a long way to go. I mean, that's, we can be legal all we want, but we, we really have to get the medical community on. And that, I really try to get them to come to my classes and, and, you know, I come, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty good teacher and speaker. I can, I can get the point across so people can understand because when people see that it's, these are backed by real research studies and you explain them, they're like, Oh, okay. You know, when you explain that, well, this does this on the body, it's doing this. And, you know, like, if when you, you know, take cannabis, one thing it does is it, um, it, you know, it's anti-inflammatory and it also dilates your vessels. So, and what it does is it reduces the workload of your heart. So then your blood pressure is lower. I mean, it does all, you know, things like that. And if you explain it, how it works, you know, it's, um, people are receptive, but it's really slow with the medical community. It's like, you know, one person at a time, kind of. So, um, I'm not sure how that all is all going to play out, you know, but. Now, do you think that, do you think that there's a future for cannabis in terms of new stuff? Well, you know, that there's a lot of, exactly, that's, that's what's going to happen most likely is there'll be a lot of cannabinoid type things like, um, like, you know, Sativex, you know, I'm sure you guys have heard of that. It's that um, one-to-one tincture um, that's manu- it's been manufactured for about since like 2000 and something. And it's actually under USDA, uh, we're looking at approving it for us, but it's under prescription and it's and it, it, it's actually real cannabinoids, but it's, it's like 170 bucks, right? And you can make it yourself for like 10, um, you know, so that, those are things that they want to do, and I, my, I'm totally against taking the plant apart. I'm like, if you make oil out of it, or if you make paste, or you know, make your medicines, and you try to keep the cannabinoids intact, that's how it's going to work the best. When you separate it and try to take, you know, the CB, you know, the biggest confusion that people have is the CBD, and the CBD is good and THC is bad. They don't, they don't understand you need both, and. They don't know the difference between hemp products and, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of, um, frustrating stuff. (laughs) So, um, yeah. Well, do you think that, okay. So some people think that CBDs shouldn't be included with THC. Do you think that that's a synergistic effect and we should keep that stuff together? Yeah. Well, I think honestly, I think the whole plant is the only way to go at all, period. And yeah. really, I mean, I'm an advocate for whole, the whole plan. So I, I'm floored by some of these laws that are coming out, you know, and still I start investigating the other, other people. Like, I talk to people all over the country, and I do, because I do all my stuff online and by phone, um, and in person, too, for local, but and I didn't realize some of these laws. I'm like, I get so, like, I think it's Texas where they have, the, you know, this medical law, but all it is is, has to be CBD extract. It has to be prescribed by a doctor. Well, there's no doctors that prescribe it. I mean, that's the, there's a many laws like that, and I'm like, you can't pass a law if you can't grow your own plants. It's just wrong. Yeah, that's how I feel because now nobody's. I I used to advocate get your medical card if we can find you a grower. You know, that's gonna that's gonna be it. You know, 
Now it's so hard to find a grower for people, and especially a CBD grower. Those are a lot harder to find, you know. Um, expensive, too. And the cards are so expensive. Yeah. And um, now if they want to go buy in a dispensary, it's ridiculously high. So I'm like, you should just grow your own and make your own medicine. That's what I try to tell people to do. And yeah. I, I want to support the dispensaries. And I will tell people, why don't you go, go buy your flour at the dispensary and yeah. then make your own medicine that way. At least you get your right ratio of CBD and THC. And because of all, you know, there's all the other cannabinoids, but there's not enough research one and there's not enough testing on them to really be able to recommend those. Because, you know, you can say, yeah, CBN, you know, that's your age cannabis, you know, that can help you be sleepier, but you can't be yeah. like, well, yeah, you can, you can take uh, 20 milligrams of THCV for this. You can't do that. The only thing you can do that in is THC and CBD. So, yeah. Well, and I for think, now that's what we have. Yeah. And I think that you, you've touched on a good point here and that's, can you imagine being able to grow six, seven, eight pounds in your backyard with two or three plants? Cause you, you've had enough knowledge and enough time to do it. And then the whole year, you and your husband and your kids have enough medicine to get through all the BS, yeah. you know, scratches and cuts and fevers and headaches and, you know, sprains and all that stuff can be healed. But God forbid we're not spending no money, so. Yeah, I've been really fortunate to, you know, do some fairs and stuff. And my and people that really appreciate the um what I'm doing, love the poster. And so I've gone out and met people that bought a bunch and, and learned so much from these growers because I know nothing. <laughs> so I've learned how to kill a bunch of plants this year. So, <laughs> but <laughs> so I'm like, I know what I don't know. And that's why um, it's, it's important that we all work together. Like, I mean, cause these people make medicine and, and on, I, people give me a lot of stuff and I give it to everybody because um, I feel like they should try it, you know? And I have my regimen. I don't. I'm not. I'm not a big edible person. For some reason, I take my oil at night, but I'm not an edible person during the day. You know, I'm gonna juice or do something else. But other people, so you know, I give a lot of stuff away. So people give it to me, and I've learned all these. These, you know, there's people out there that will help you out if you need help. And um, but it's it's just knowing that we all need. We need each other in this business. You know, back east, nurses are in every, um, they're all over, but they're also in the actual medical programs themselves. You know, like Hawaii is getting ready to open dispensaries, and I've been um, kind of working and mentoring the, the nurse that's in charge of it. So, because, and I'm like, because it, and so they're working together, which is really, in order for it to be treated like a real medicine, and you have to be working together. Like an example is one of my dispensaries had a patient. Uh, I had, um, they, you know, they're real friendly. Let me put my flyers in there. But, you know, I try to offer classes and, you know, get to know people. And I don't, you know, some people I have great relationships with. I'm teaching at their dispensaries. And some are, you know, I'm really grateful that I can put my stuff there. But one, I got a call from an owner because he had a friend whose wife had really bad cancer and she and he'd been sending her stuff and information but because he was not a nurse or had no medical background she wouldn't had, would not even think about talking to him at all 
so that's when he thought of me. And then after I helped her and stuff, she was like, you know, I, I, I felt really bad. Like you never gave me any credit for what you do. And, and that's why I'm like, well, you know, I know nothing about a lot of these products. I know nothing about the laws and the rules and, and they change every five minutes. So I'm always asking you what is been going on. I said, that's why, but I said, when, when a sick person walks in here, they said, you guys don't know how sick they are. You don't really know, you know, because you, you, I do the research. It's not like I just know because I'm a nurse, but I, I can look at someone and see how sick they are. I can look at their meds and know what's wrong with them. Um, but also I do re, I just do the research. You know, I do the, there's a lot of medical research. There's some cannabis physicians that are pretty, you know, have been doing it for a while and I just use their recommendations, you know, and, as usually just go really low for somebody because it's better to feel nothing than to feel something that you don't like, you know? So, um, sure. but yeah, it's, yeah, it, I feel like it's a lot of, it's an uphill battle. It has been, it's been starting this business was not anything my family wanted or anything, you know? So they're all completely strapped by the stigma, you know, but I don't care. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, this is what I want to do. And the people that I'm helping, are, and that those are the people, you know, I thought, you know, if I didn't work in a hospital, I would have the patient contact. And I do. I have patients that call me all the time still, you know, um, that I'm friends with. And I get a, a lot of contact. And I really enjoy the elderly population. And so I've been, you know, fortunate to um, be working with senior groups that are starting, that really make crazy information. You know, so that's, um, it's rewarding. So, you know, the stigma is going to be there and it's going to be there for a long time. So, um, but yeah, it, that's kind of, you know, that's my whole goal there is just to try to educate and help people feel better. You know, I keep my prices low. I do a lot of stuff for free. Um, and my whole goal is to get my posters selling so I didn't have to charge for classes. You know, unfortunately, that's not, you know, it's a slow go of getting that done. But, um, it's just, it's really a, it's really a rewarding job. I really like it a lot. Just, um, but it's, there's so much to learn. And one of the things I'm trying to do is recruit other nurses, you know, not to work for me, but just to mentor them. So there's more of me when, when, you know, the more people get out there, they more, they realize that, you know, we're kind of needed in this industry too. And it doesn't help in OLCC. Like, well, can't, there's no medical value. You know, that's what they say. I tried to, talking about your classes, about the poster, you know, and all these things, like, no, no medical value. So, um, anyway, so, yeah, it's trying to keep it as a medicine, too, you know, how the recreational is trying, sometimes it overruns the medical, and people forget there's medical uses, but more and more, because of the recreational laws, people are coming out and wanting to try it. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. There's ways you can use it as medicine. There's ways you can use it to get high. We know this. But the fact is, is this is a well-recognized, very good medicine. And people like Laurel here can help us when it comes to taking it as medicine. Laurel, tell us how we can get a hold of you. Tell us how we can get this information, your graphs, your, your knowledge. Do you have a Facebook, Instagram.com? Tell us all about it. Yep. So my website is um, rn number four change now dot com, 
Um, that's my same. You'll find me on Facebook under the same name. And then I have Instagram. I think it's just under my name, Laurel James, RN, and Twitter at Laurel James. And um, right now that's my social media. Yeah. I'm getting ready to try YouTube, but we'll get to there. So I'm trying all my, I'm trying to put everything on webinar for my classes and things. I'm working into that. So that way um, people can get on and for like a real, like 10 or $15, take a nice hour class and get a handout they can print out and have, you know, one thing I try to do is give people information for later, you know, resource stuff. So, um, but yeah, I'm, and I'm out there. So, um, that's what I'm doing. Yes. Yeah, and, I, uh, and be aware that she is very active. You can find her on our Instagram. Um, actually, we're going to link to you on our website. I, I feel it's really important that people have access to your information. Check Laurel James out and, and find her. Uh, please consult with her. You have consulting services too, correct? Yeah. So I do um, consulting services. I do like a mini one just for um, someone that just has one or two ailments, and then I do like a long, more extensive one, and I do them all on, like to do them online or by phone, um, or local if you're in the Corvallis, Newport, surrounding town, Eugene, Springfield area. <laughs> all three. So yeah. I'm branching out, but I'm doing almost a lot more online because I, I actually have quite a few people that um, I work with in different states. Yeah. And stuff. So, um, and you know, the biggest problem for most of them is access usually. So, but now we have more states that are going to have that luxury. So, we got Florida now, and I think North Dakota. And mm-hmm. yeah, so we got several states that came on today. And I think that that's good because they'll be able to contact you. And we appreciate it, Laurel. Yeah, I really appreciate you having me. Well, and we will check back in with you. I know things change all the time. And I know that mm-hmm. new um, new studies and uh, new new information comes out all the time, and we value as as a group uh, organ rooted values uh, medical practitioners like you. So, is there anything else you'd like to share before we go? Um, no, I just appreciate you having me. I think I've talked a lot about a lot of stuff. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's great, and we appreciate it. I hope that our talk. Uh, opens people up to more um, open-mindedness. I don't expect people to just jump into cannabis, but it's talk like these that we have, Laurel, that um, allows people to embrace the new information at least and, you know, at least give, give themselves an opportunity to appreciate the potential in life versus, um, being scared of something they don't know about. So we appreciate it. Oh, no, you are. I really appreciate you having me. It was a lot of fun. All right. So I had a good time with her and I think that there was a lot to learn with that. Yeah. Um, sorry you weren't there. Yeah. I was at work. You're always hustling now. I'm doing my own thing. Gotta make, but like the kids, I gotta make obvious. You, like, it's like it's gotta yeah, happen. Yeah, like socks without holes and underwear that no, 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 torn shirts without holes. That too. You like your white tees with air conditioning in the pits and the shoulders. I podcast in my white tee. <laughs> I work in my white tee. I think I may no that. I think that shit's. Totally I go to drawn. bed. I go to bed in my white tee. We do everything in your white tee. <laughs> I want to look good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
I love it. When are you going to wear that for me again? You haven't worn your Charlie Sheen outfit in a while. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Should we have a dress up night? Sure. Let's do it. Anyways, what were you going to read? <laughs> I just wanted to mention that here on the, on our grow side. Now, <clears throat> I can't believe you have to make me switch gears like this. <laughs> I, so I've been curing. I've been curing. Like almost half our jars over there have the bovi- bleh, the bovitas in them. Yes. And the other half don't. Only because we ran out of bovitas. <laughs> That's not entirely true. <laughs> we do have to have some for our, our listeners. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. But, the- but all of our personal we ran out of, so we didn't break into the other stuff. So. It's still almost half. Whatever. <laughs> you're, you're skewing. You're raining them on parade. <laughs> so here's the deal. Uh, with those... I'm starting to notice now that the bovitas actually are curing up slightly better than the jars without. Yeah. And I'm thinking a lot of that's due to having the perfect atmosphere in that jar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you're, if your cannabis is still too wet, you're going to have a high humidity in the jar until you burp it enough. It's sanctuary is perfect. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking. And so I think that kind of encourages the proper process to get rid of that. Either the hay taste, like Donnie talks about it, um, shadow box, or or that outdoor taste. Yes. Well, there's two of them. He says, which is almost like celery to me. Celery or carrots is another good way to explain it. Is the other one. You don't want it to be like hay. Yes. Yeah. That's the other half. Yeah. There was two different types, but the celery and carrot type is the kind I have tried before, and that's just smoking without curing because if anybody was right. premature growers before it was you know a thing yes. and they didn't yes. know what they were doing right. they didn't know what the curing process was well and if any which, of the as my ex experiences and i had gone through <laughs> we didn't know what the curing process was so right. it tasted like celery or carrots to me all the time all yeah. the time there was no difference besides yeah. the stuff at the very end that may have had some taste to it because it got locked away for a while right which is what we talked about about earlier and i don't know what episode about curing though is different than drying mm-hmm. for a long time or especially beginners people think that drying once it's dry then hey it's smoke time <laughs> Yeah, no. And it's not. It's it's just starting of it getting to where it needs to be. And it's like wine. That's when it's actually developing the alcohol. Yeah. So, you, you know, it is. You want your stuff to be near quality, then you should cure. Well, and I think, I don't, you, you probably, now that it's been a couple of weeks, you probably don't remember the interview as well as I do, especially because I edit all the interview. <laughs> but, you know, Donnie does say that, uh, you know, you can take, especially as, because uh, he was a, what do you call it, a, a consultant. Mm-hmm. So he could take somebody and, and he could do a couple things like, okay, scrog this way, you know, plant this way, use these nudes, do this, do that. And these people would come out with just as good of cannabis as his mm-hmm. at the end, except where the skill really came in was that cure. Yeah. Yeah. And... You know, that cure does so much. It brings so much out of the plant. Yeah. It really does. So we're going to see. I'm going to bet on the bovitas on this one. And so if no one or if the listeners that are out there that do know those, the experienced guys, you know what bovitas are. Uh, also, but the people that don't, bovitas are, it's a company that makes these packs that are like um, 
humidity packs that not only can release moisture but absorb moisture so they keep it at a proper 61 degrees fahrenheit or fahrenheit oh my gosh 61 relative humidity yes okay yes thank you jeez i was like that's not right it doesn't monitor <laughs> it <controls> that temperature. <laughs> No, but it's 61 relative humidity. You, so yeah. Careful. <laughs> Which is just a hair wet. So if you're joint smokers, you might have a problem with that. They have another product that keeps it around 56 or something, 57. Right. But I like the 61 to be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, and we and, and you we just still kind of leave stuff out a little bit in well, order to like roll a you, blunt. That's the thing is if you crush up your cannabis and then it's on the plate, say or your whatever your tray is. By the time you cut your blunt or Hopefully get the paper out, <laughs> yeah, and do your thing, it's it should be ready. But I mean, you know, yeah. it works for us, and I'm liking the cure process, so I'm <laughs> really anxious to see how it turns out. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, check them out. They're not a sponsor or anything. They gave us some product to try out, but I think I'm going to get a hold of them and you know talk to them more so we can get. Weren't they? closing down shop and so they gave you all the rest of what was in the box well too. i didn't hit them up and when i say hit them up i just <laughs> mean i didn't talk to him i didn't go up to their booth and talk <clears throat> to him till the very end yeah and so he's like yeah well we're packing up we're getting out of here but you know here's some stuff and he's like you know talk to us and really nice guy mm-hmm. is really nice people but uh i should have you know i have a few things for them. there was a lot of stuff going on in that indo expo and yeah we didn't have quite enough time with everything that was going on to talk a lot with everybody like we wanted to. But we did get a lot of networking done. It's just kids were at play. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and so we still got that in there. Yeah. You know, I want to put that in like a grower pack though. Maybe get like some kind of grower pack we can put together for somebody. That'd be fun. All right. So, I mean, that's really it. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the interview and you know, I think the two this week's probably going to be good. And <laughs> I we'll, think so. Yeah, and we'll we'll worry about next week here soon. We'll worry about that next week. <laughs> so I appreciate the info on that. That was yeah. a good story. Bring you know, anytime you got a good story you want to share with the whole, I'll stockpile them. Like the one dude, we won't go here, but the one dude that's got like twelve drops of oil all over his floor. Oh right, and then I'll tell you about the prank. Did I tell you that one yesterday? Me or the, la- the- I don't know. The Pacific Power Prank. Oh, we'll keep yes. Keep that for next week. Okay, so there's two Suspense. stories for next week. Remind me, please. Okay. Because that was fun. Okay. All right, sounds <laughs> good. Thank you, people. Have a good week. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, please get a hold of us, organrooted.com website. Yep. Um, and Subscribe Blueberry. there. Well, yeah, subscribe there at our website. You can also check out the West Coast page. And um, let's see, um, Instagram at organrooted and Facebook at organrooted. Yep. All right. Thank you, folks. Have a good week. Oregon love. Oregon love.